Welcome to King's Touch Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe God's Word will impact your everyday life. We are still looking at the person of Jesus, at the person of Jesus Christ. Eh? Uh, and, we, and we talked about the Trinity, and we saw how God is one, but God exists in three persons, right? Do we remember that? So God is one and exists in three persons, and the three persons are God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They do not mix up. They are distinct. They are separate persons. They exist separately as persons, but it is one God. And then we also saw that Jesus has two natures. Jesus Christ, our Lord, exists in two natures. That is, he is fully human and he is fully God. And these two natures as, as well do not mix up. There is no point where he is confused. Am I now a human? Am I now a God? You know, like there is perfect harmony. That's why he is God, okay? So, and we looked at um, that it was, it was very key that Jesus exists in these two natures. And for that reason, Jesus could now become our high priest. So today we are going to look at Jesus, our high priest. Because a high priest has to be taken among men. You cannot represent those that, you, that you're not among, you know. Uh, Jesus had to be a man, had to walk on earth, had to feel what we feel, had to suffer, had to be perfected, and therefore he could qualify to be a high priest. So he's a high priest that knows how we feel, and he, and he stands before God for us. He represents us before God. At the same time, because he is God, he, he brings God to us. Hallelujah. Yeah, so Jesus has this because of who he is, because of his nature. Because he is person, he is, I mean, he is fully human and he is fully God. Who could bring God down if not God himself coming down? Who deserves God? Who deserves to to handle or contain the holiness of God. You know, um, there is no human, there is nothing, there is no human except God himself. And therefore God had to become a man so that he could balance the equation. So uh, let us go to Hebrews 6, 19 to 20. So Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 to 20, we shall read there so that we understand about the priesthood. So we start from, yeah. This hope we have as an, as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Looking at this portion of scripture, can we go back to verse 19? This hope, so Jesus becoming a high priest, it's hopeful. It's something that ought to bring us hope because this is good news. 
that God had to come down, become a man that he could represent you to God, you know. So this is hope. So this hope we have, it is an anchor of the soul. So if you know an anchor, it is something that holds, you know, like a ship is held by the anchor. So even when the waves come, when, when, when it is anchored, it doesn't move. Even when the wind is so strong, it can only sway, but it doesn't move. It's not moved. So it is the hope of having Christ as our high priest. So this hope is an anchor of the soul, both sure, it is sure. We don't gamble around, it's not maybe, it is sure, and it is steadfast, it doesn't change. It is for real, it is not movable. So, and this hope that we talk about has entered the presence behind the veil. Now, who could enter behind the veil? There was no normal person or normal man except for the high priest who could only enter once. And if he hadn't purified himself well, he would actually die. So now there is this hope that comes and this hope has gone ahead of us. This hope that we talk about is not coming from, be it's not coming from outside the veil. This hope has gone all the way to the veil inside the veil, beyond the veil, into the holy presence of God. Now, this is the hope that we have. Um, can we go to 19? I mean, 20? Where the forerunner, now this is Jesus. Okay? He has gone ahead of us. But for us, he didn't need that really. Okay? So where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus having become a high priest. And this is not a high priest for one time, not a one year, not until death. This is a high priest when? Forever. So Jesus is on that seat as a high priest forever. And the most amazing thing is that this is not according to the order of, it's not Levitical order. You know, it's not ironic order. The one that um, after Moses was given all the, like after the law had come and, and then there was this priesthood, eh? but it was ironic. But this is not. This is after the order, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, this is a different order altogether. It's not that one which came by the law. No, this is a different one altogether. Now, this is hope and we shall see how this order brings hope to us. Like when you understand the priesthood of Jesus Christ, you cannot help it but just to praise God and just break and say, you know what, God, you are worthy. You are worthy because you get to understand what he has done for you, how far he has gone for you as a foreigner. So let's go to Genesis 14, 18 to 20. Genesis 14, 18 to 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him, meaning Abram, and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemy, your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. This is, a, uh, this is a moment where Abraham comes from a battle and he wins. 
So he has the spoils. Spoils are those things that you get after you, after you have won the battle. All those things become yours. Those are the, are the spoils. So Abraham comes and he meets Melchizedek. And then he meets him and we are told, we are given a brief of who he is and what he does and the priestly role that he does. He, received, he receives tithe from Abraham. He blesses Abraham, okay? He blesses God most high. But then he gives bread and wine to Abraham. Remember the, the verse that we just read, that Jesus will come. Jesus is a priest after the order of this one. Now, look at what Melchizedek does. And then look if you can see a shadow of Jesus. Now, take yourself back to this time. Imagine you are there, but then the beauty is now you now have the understanding of Jesus. So, do you see Jesus, Prince, in that? In the sense that he gives, he gives Abraham bread and wine. Can you connect what he's talking about? What kind of a covenant, what kind of a priesthood is he trying to point out? What kind of an order? This is a bigger order that this order is going to involve a body. Jesus says, this bread is my body. This wine is my blood. So can you connect? Can you get what he's trying to communicate there? Okay? And then he receives tithe as a priest, you know? And there are some of us that have been mixed up with some understandings out there and your confused is is tithe for the new testament is tithe for like okay did we leave tithe behind there now i want to tell you this is a new order this is a higher order this is not levitical priesthood and as much as it is not levitical priesthood it is abraham who actually carries in his loins he carries the Levitical priesthood because Levi is within his loins and he bows down to this of higher order, this priest of God most high. He gives tithe. So if this higher order receives tithe, so tithe is of the New Testament. Okay? Because this is the priesthood that, that we are under and we shall see how it went about and okay. As the Lord allows, our time is going, but let's just go. Shall get somewhere? Mm, yeah, so we, we looked at the bread and wine, and then he blessed Abraham, and he blessed God. Re remember, he, as a priest, he stands between God and man. Eh? He plays both parts, okay? Bringing God down to men, and men before God. Um... So let's go to let's go to Psalm 110 verse 4. Let's have Psalm 110 verse 4. And then we see that um after after the scenario of Abraham and then now David gets this prophetically and then he writes these things. He writes this. He says, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now this is David led by the spirit trying to say that there is another order there is another order actually the order that existed before because we see abraham doing that before levitical priesthood existed eh? so this this has been 
And remember, he's the priest forever. Okay? Has been, will forever be. Okay? So, we see that he says, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. Okay? Um, you are a priest forever. Now, if you remember the, um, we talked about God having three persons. You can now understand that these are two persons speaking to each other. I mean, th this is God the Father addressing God the Son. Is that clicking well with you? Yeah. So this is a person, the first person of the Trinity addressing the second person of their Trinity. So he says, so he saw, he, he actually, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Addressing Christ. The second person of the Trinity. So now after we have seen this, let's go to Hebrews 7. Then to the Hebrews chapter 7. Let's have 1 to 10. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness. So he is king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. So we are talk he is talking about Melchizedek. Okay, and saying that he is the king of righteousness. Okay, and then he's the king of, can you relate? Okay, it's, it's, it's beautiful when you, okay, without, um, so this one now, he is without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the son of God, remains a priest continually, meaning forever. Has no father, has no mother. He's not from the Levitical. He's not from Aaron. He doesn't descend from, it's not from that line. And made a priest forever. Priest of the Most High God. Let's go. Now, Consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. Now, Abraham, the great one, the patriarch, eh, had to bow to this. Remember, Abraham bowing, it's and all that was within him, you know, bowing to this. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the, from the people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. Let's go. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had, who had the promises. Are you trying to see how they are, um, how it's being made clear for you to know that this is a higher order? It's a higher order. Now, beyond all contradictions, that lesser is blessed by the better. 
Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Are we understanding that the, there, there are two orders here? Okay. There is a higher order and there is the lesser order. So by the, time, by the time the writer is writing this, he is addressing people that have been brought up in that, that their system was that. They were born in the, let's say, in the lesser order. But time was coming when now the higher order was to take, like was to, like now was the order to take its place when due time came. So now he is explaining to the people that have always believed that this is the order, that priests have to come from Aaron's generation, you know. So now he is explaining, bringing in a new order on top of the existing order and telling them that now this is the order. Now this is greater. So this one has to bow to the greater one. So that's the, that's the state that we are in now, imagining as we go along. Therefore, if perfection, exp explaining now, okay? So if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the, the people received law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? trying to tell us there was a need for perfection and the old order did not have what it, what it takes. It didn't have perfection, but there was a perfect order that was to come in place of the old order. Now, this perfect order is the order of Melchizedek. Let's go to Let's keep rolling. For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. It is obvious. It is obvious. Okay? If the priesthood is being changed, because the priesthood now it represents the whole belief system in the sense, how do we go before God? How do we approach God? How are we forgiven? How do, like, all that set. If that whole set is changed, then the law is of necessity also to change. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe. Are we talking about Jesus? Does he come from the tribe of Levi? No. Okay. So he doesn't come from there. He comes from another tribe. Okay, for he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. So I can imagine them confused. Like, what are you talking about? Because priests have to come from the Levites, this is what we know. And now this one comes from the tribe of Judah. How? Moses never told us that. Okay. 
spiritual things are spiritually discerned. I believe understanding this and following, you know, like um, a change of such an order, just listening to a mere man tell you and you just follow, it takes the spirit of God to understand that this is the order now. Okay, let's go. And it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek, there arises another priest. Remember they said he has no father, has no mother. Does that tell you that, does that give you a sense of we are now all welcome into this? That we can all run? Do you find room in that now? Because if it was only, if, if it was in the, in, the, in the old order, how do I even start go relate? I mean, how do I even penetrate into the tribe of, um, like into the nation of Israel and start being part of and be represented before God by a, by a Levite? Do I, do I even belong to, like, am I one of them? Can he really go before God having me in mind? That was, it was limited. Eh? But then God has a bigger picture. And this is the picture that was before. Remember, Abraham met him before the Levitical priesthood. So there is so much grace in God. God welcomes all, 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 all. Who has come not according to the law of the fleshly commandment, but according to, to the power of an endless life. Now, this is beautiful. Jesus has come as a high priest. Not according to the law, but according to the power. But the power of what? An endless life. No wonder the grave could not contain him. Because endless life is what makes him what he is. That is the, he, I mean, he derives his power from eternal life. That's why he's a priest forever. That's why it is hopeful, steady, sure. Like, you can't be, like, when you understand this, you can be bold and say, you know what, I have a high priest. He is not limited. Power of endless life. Now, in the old order, it wasn't according to the power of endless life. So, they would die. Okay? And a priest could only come so far and then death takes him and we need another priest. And so, like, you are not sure of tomorrow. You don't know what other priest will come. I don't know how this priest is going to be. Will he be a good one? Will he, like, will he mess up? Like, okay, because my life depends on the priest. So, I am not sure. Remember, that same same priest would go in if he was not okay, if he was not cleansed, I mean, he was, if he was not purified, he would die. So there was this state of, I am not sure. But what did we read? What did we read? There is surety. Like, we, we are not worried. According to the power of endless life. Endless life. Can we go on? For he testifies, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, there is 
an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect, okay? And we need perfection. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope. A better hope. And this hope is an anchor. An anchor of our souls. So, um, uh, bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Could you draw near to God in the Old Testament? I mean, in the Old Order? You needed to, to pray hard that your priest could draw near to God on your behalf. But this one, this new order brings hope. It's so personal. It's so personal. It brings hope. And with this hope, remember we read that this hope had entered behind the veil. Do you remember that part? It went beyond. It was not, it didn't, it didn't only come to the veil and then, okay, so how do I get through? No, 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 no. This one has gone beyond the veil into the holy presence of God. This is the one that we have. Now, when you think of Jesus as a high priest, this is what he has brought for us. He is worthy. When you think that Jesus is worthy, in the sense that he qualifies. It's, it's, it's not a favor. We don't give him a favor. We don't just pet him. No, he qualifies. He's been through it all. He has qualified. And in as, in as much as he was not made priest without an oath, do you remember Psalm 110? The Lord. Jesus wasn't made a priest because he was um, because he was born in the Levitical priesthood. It's not by birth, it's not by descent, it's not by it's not by li- by li- uh, li- uh, lineage, they say, but it's it's the Lord that was an oath. It took an oath from God the Father. So he saw and said, you will be a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And in as much as he was not made priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, but he with an oath by him who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. This is Psalms 110 quoted. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Surety. It's a sure deal. It's done deal. We don't try. Of a better covenant. Also, there were, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Do you know why? He's, he's a priest according to the power of? According to the power of endless life. So because of this, there is no death that will stop his Regime, you know, like, okay, yeah, it has come to an end, so we now wait for the next one. No, 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 no. 
forever, unchangeable priesthood. Now, this is where hope comes. Like, hope is sealed. Like, I know this one, whom I have heard to be powerful and to be faithful, to be kind, and he understands what I go through because he's been there. He is merciful. He will not get out of that seat. He's a priest forever. Now, I am confident because I have somebody. And I am, like, there is surety in this new covenant because I know, because of him. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. How hopeful is this statement? This is where, when you understand this, and then when, when pastor was here and she was praying and she was saying that we are praying for Vizazi na vizazi na vizazi vijavyo, you know? It makes sense because the priesthood that we are in, it's not limited. It can save to the uttermost. To the uttermost. It's, it's not only me and then my kids. No, like all the way. All the way. How hopeful is that? How hopeful. Isn't Jesus worthy of your praise? Isn't he worthy of all that he could request out of you? He is worthy. And then the beauty part is there is somebody who is always interceding for you. I mean, Jesus is just, is just amazing. God loves us so much. If there is one thing that you should not be twisted about, it is the love of God for you. No matter what happens, there is somebody, a God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who has all power, the God who has all the, like, all the glory is his, all the power is his, like, he just knows everything, like, this is the person that has loved you so much. He intercedes for you, Jesus. Jesus is there interceding for you. You have to know who you are. When you walk around, when the demons are twisting you around, you have to know. Because at times, the, the enemy makes you believe that the other side is better. But it's just because you don't know that you have a backup. You don't know that there is somebody on the throne who is interceding for you. Now tell me if God will not answer the prayers of Jesus. I mean, God the Father. Because he's interceding. How hopeful is that? So when you go through issues, it's not like God has left you. No. He was perfected through suffering as well. So things will happen. Waves will come. But this hope will hold you because it is an anchor. You will not be moved because you know there's a high priest of a higher order. Jesus. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. Such a high priest. Aren't you proud about your high priest? That is Jesus. Yes, we are loved. We are loved. The heavens look after us. We are loved. We are special. He loves us. He loves us. So don't walk like an orphan. You have a father. 
you have a father. You're not an orphan, no matter. You have a father, and he, and he just loves you so much. He loves you. Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices? First for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Imagine what the sacrifice was. Himself. And it wasn't every year. It wasn't every year. Why? There's no higher sacrifice. This was the ultimate. It doesn't expire. It doesn't expire. It goes way beyond. It goes way back. Eternal. And the sacrifice was himself. There was no better sacrifice. There was no better high priest. He had to cover. So, let us look. Um, let's just finish. It's, it's not much left. Are you tired? Yeah. Don't be tired. So, it's the word of God. It's beautiful. Yeah, so don't be tired. Um, okay, there are two things. Before the last thing, let me go to the other thing and then remind me to come back to the sacrifice, the offering himself as a sacrifice. But now I want us to, I just want to tell you that, do you know that there, there was a time where, if you read Matthew 27, 1 and 2, these two orders, eh? I can imagine, because by the time Jesus is on earth, the ironic order was still on, okay? And the priests were still doing their duties, and life was going on. Now, there were two orders. The new has come, the old is there, and the old knows it all, okay? The old knows it all, so... The old, let's, let's go, let's read Matthew 27, 1 to 2, and see the, just, uh, just a glimpse of the, of the war that existed between the two orders. Imagine, there are priests eh, representing the same God who, who has come and still do not understand this same God who has come. And they even go farther too. When, when morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. It's two priesthood. One handing over the other. Now, this is where, if Jesus was not according to the power of endless life, the whole movie would have ended here. But then he comes according to, he's a priest according to the power of an endless life. And that's why we have victory. On the third day, no, no matter what they have done, God turns everything, you know, for the good, right? God is not, he knows it. He understands 
He knows it. And he knows the end from the beginning. He plans the picture. And then, so even through this, we have victory. Just to let us know that the priesthood we are now under, it's for real a greater one. And it cannot be limited by death. That is such a hope. That's the priesthood of Jesus Christ. That's according to the order of Melchizedek. So now, let's go wind up um, as we read Hebrews 9, then let's go to 11. Hebrews 9, 11. But Christ, remember, we, we talked about him as the high priest and then himself as the offering or, or sacrifice. And John the Baptist, remember, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, okay, who takes away the sin of the world. And whenever I, I think about Jesus as, as the sacrifice, I am taken back to Isaac's scenario, you know, when Abraham was about to offer Isaac. And then God provides for himself the lamb. So God provided for himself the lamb. He is the lamb of God. Okay? He is the lamb of God. It's not, it's not the bulls. It's not, you know, he's the lamb of God without any blemish. He's so holy, so pure. So, but, but Christ came as high priest for the good things to come. Do you see hope? Hope is futuristic. Eh? But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. So he didn't go to that temple. He, he, he didn't go offer himself in that um, earthly temple. But remember, the earthly temple was built after the prince of the heavenly temple. It was the image or the imprint of the real one in heaven. So Jesus didn't, so this is a higher order, remember? So it did, not, um, it did not involve the earthly temple. Straight, the real one, the heavenly temple. You go home and read the whole chapter. Actually, read the whole, you know, Hebrews is very beautiful. You can read it and get this whole, whole thing. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Not God's, not the bulls, but his own blood. With his own blood, he entered the most holy place. That's why that hope has gone all the way beyond the veil. And he just went there once for all. It's that powerful, eh? Just once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Isn't this hopeful? Isn't this worth following? I mean, for if the blood of the bulls and goats and the ashes of Hepha, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. That's the old order. Are you, are you marking? He says, for if the blood of the bulls and goats and the ashes of Hepha, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, 
How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? I love this part, the conscience. Remember yourself before you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's like you didn't need somebody to tell you that you are a sinner. You knew it. Everything you did, you did, but you knew it. You are a sinner. Your conscience wasn't yet cleansed. Adam and Eve, when they ate the fruit, nobody had to tell them. The conscience. So imagine after Adam and Eve, so people walk with this consciousness of sin. How torturing. Until, until Christ comes. And then he puts in you the Holy Spirit and he testifies within you. And he calls Abba Father. So now, you know and you know and you know that you're going to heaven. That's the work of the blood. The consciousness of sin has been cleansed and removed. The people that have religion, this is what they don't have. They still have the sinful consciousness. Until you meet Christ for real, encounter the real priest, that consciousness, and it tortures. That's why he's the prince, that's why he's the, he's the king of righteousness, and then peace. There's no true peace with that, with that sinful consciousness. Adam and Eve had to hide. There's so much shame. You will go to church. You will have your money. You will, but that one, it, it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ that it can be taken away. It's such a hope. Nobody, you can't understand this if you haven't tasted how it means to live with a clear consciousness. Like, I am a child of God, and you believe it. There is somebody, when you tell that, they think that you're like, you are blaspheming. When you call each other saints, there are people who look at you and say, like, how can you call her a saint? It doesn't make sense. They have not encountered the blood. So this is what the, the, blood, the uh, blood of Jesus, it goes beyond the flesh. It's not like of the bulls. You know, it does, it does only so far. But this one goes all the way to your consciousness and you don't have to be told so now your your struggle is not like are you really going to heaven that is not your struggle because you know that you are now what gives you that precious consciousness that is the work of Jesus that's the work of Jesus let's wind up and for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends. Follow us on our social media at Kingstar Church.